the Texans are saying bye, bye, bye to the bye week, and they are in sync as they head into this matchup with the Panthers. We're going to talk about that and more on this edition of the bullpen. Well, welcome to the bullpen. I'm James Roy. This is Tom. We're just a couple of backstreet boys talking about the Texans. I'm done with the boy band references now, okay? I'm I'm ready to get I'm ready to talk Texans now. Let's do it. This is an exciting matchup. A, a week off honestly really just adds more hype to it for me. I want to I want to kick it to you. Do you think that there's more to this matchup than just Bryce Young and CJ Stroud because it feels like a 3 and 3 team taking on an 0 and 6 team is more dangerous? It's more a high-risk matchup. You, do, you don't want to be the team that gives a team that hasn't won a game their first win. But I think that the hype around C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young is carrying. Could I be wrong there? No, I really think that we are watching this Texans team go from boys to men and really coming up and uh, showing that they're, they're not losing games that they would normally lose. They're, they're gonna, the, the feeling that I get is that they're going to go and take care of business and have a really successful week against the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like this team is 98 degrees hot right now, just really ready to march into Carolina and, and give them a piece of their mind. I'm excited because you mentioned this to me off, off cast, but um, the run defense of the Panthers is just not there. It's just not great. And so understanding that Bobby Slowick likes to run on first, second, third, really any down, any time of day, it doesn't matter how effective it's been. He's going to do it. It's going to happen. I respect that. I appreciate it. Do you think this is setting up a DP breakout game? Are we going to see Pierce like find it? Is it Singletary that breaks out in this game? What's, what's happening, do you think? I truly believe that if there was a game for uh, Damian Pierce to shine the way he did last season, this sets up for that game. Obviously, a lot is being built between the the C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, head-to-head, right? Number one versus number two. And as much as I do believe that C.J. Stroud will have all the weapons with Tank Dell coming back and all the ability to do all those things himself, what could really be the easiest answer for the Texans to get this win and kind of salt it away is to lean on Damian Pierce and and stay committed to a run game that against bat or against really good run defenses they still ran the ball 20 30 times now you get a bad run defense and let's see what they do with it yeah this it reminds me almost kind of of the first texans game i attended uh christmas eve 2006 the texans not a good team the colts super bowl bound that year and uh, i can't even remember the running back's name because that's how bad the texans were at the time there's no no real known talent on the roster um, but we ran up like 200 rushing yards or some obscene number on the Colts because their run defense was just so incredibly bad. The Texans to that point had not shown to be able to run the ball that season, but they found it against a team like that. So I think against a team like, especially like the Panthers that are suffering from the inability to win, that the run game could very well just make the game not even feel close at all. Um, I, I will say, I don't consider the Panthers a rival. 
but I do have a view about rivalry games and when there's a storyline or when there's something involved that's more than than just you know your run of the mill any given Sunday game. This is this is uh, definitely a game where the tension between Bryce and CJ, which you know CJ will tell you, he said in an, in an interview on Wednesday that um, you know he has texted Bryce once this season. Their relationship's not about football. He's just checking in to see how he's doing. And that there's no bad blood. They're good friends. That you know, that's just how they've been since they've known each other for a long time. But I can't help but feel like with the rivalry aspect of this matchup from the quarterback position that this we could be in for a closer game than I think a lot of Texans fans are looking for. Specifically with Frank Reich, who about a lot of people I think made the Panthers situation sound a lot better than the Texans because of Frank Reich or because. And it was weird to see because in draft season, it was like, oh, Frank Reich, why did they hire him? And then it was like, well, you go through the seven stages of grief when you hire a head coaching candidate that you don't want to. The Texans have done that, you know, two times in the past three years. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, we watched this team uh, just look like a really good situation and then not. And so now Frank Reich has handed over play calling duties to Thomas Brown. Do you think that that makes the Panthers' offense harder to read? Do you think that it makes it better? Do you think it has any impact at all on what we're going to see on Sunday? No, because I feel like, by and large part, he's a disciple of Frank Reich, right? So his offense is going to look very similar to Frank. I think he may put his own spin on some things. He may call the plays in a in different you know order or whatever, but. I think the idea, the scheme is probably going to be very similar. And I think the players that have gotten them some success are still going to be the main guys. We talk about a guy like Adam Thielen. Uh, You talk about potentially uh, DJ Chark. And uh, I I don't want to say uh, Miles Sanders, but I mean, he is that running back. I mean, those are the guys, right? The, The main pieces that you would think. Uh, Bryce Young would use to try to move the fall, move the football up and down the field. Do you think that Adam Thielen is benefiting from being the only viable receiver on that team? I mean, we talked talk leading into the season about the Texans was that this receiving court had, if you're a Texans fan, you knew it had potential, but that it just hadn't been realized. But the general national narrative was that the Texans receiving core was one of the worst in the league going into the season. Um, I think that the script kind of flipped. We watched DJ Moore depart Carolina to make room for, you know, Bryce Young, essentially. Um, and then you, you we look at them getting Adam Thielen, and then you look at their draft, and I think people nationally were a lot more hopeful about what the Panthers were going to put on the field from a receiving core perspective because of Jonathan Mingo, and, and among other names. Um, I mean, do you think that, the underperformance of those guys has led to Adam Thielen, one, being a fantasy stud. Two, do you think that Adam Thielen's performance is sustainable once, you know, do you think this is just like a bridge thing? He's just, he's wide receiver one for a season and then they'll find another guy? I mean, when you look at at what the Texans have done to an extent, when C.J. Stroud needed a guy to go to, when he needed a security blanket, it turned out to be Robert Woods, who was the, the the veteran of the group. So when you think about Bryce Young and what he's having to deal with and what he's trying to navigate in his first season as an NFL quarterback, he's probably leaning on the most veteran guy in the room, which would be Adam Thielen. You know, the guy who's had the most, who's enjoyed the most success as a wide receiver. 
And I truly think that, you know, it makes sense for him to want to go there with the football. I just didn't know that Adam Thielen had this left in the tank. I think when he left Minnesota, a lot of people thought that he was done, that it was just going to be one of those things where he kind of rode off into the sunset. He wasn't necessarily the guy anymore anywhere. He was going to, you know, be a slack guy or a guy on the other side of football from a stud. And all he's done is balled out. I, and I think it worked out for all sides because Minnesota got Jordan Addison, who, especially with Justin Jefferson on IR, has been vital to their success as a team, what little they've found this season. Um, and then, so Adam Thielen leaving opened the opportunity for them to make that pick and, and fill in for him. And the Panthers, it, essentially, you're right, what the Texans got with Robert Woods, which is a guy who is a veteran, who's, who has shown to play well at points in his career, and who can be reliable to give Bryce Young what he needs. The problem, I guess, therein becomes that Bryce Young just doesn't have that young stud wide receiver that can grow with him. Like I think a lot of people thought Jonathan Mingo was going to be that. There was points during the offseason where I wanted the Texans to draft Jonathan Mingo. Wouldn't have been mad if it had happened. Um, so I guess it's just interesting to see that. And I guess that leads into my next question, next discussion topic, if you will, is that um cj during his interview we, we spoke about it earlier this week but he when when asked to talk about bryce young said oh you know he's not playing bad football i've watched the film i think people just think the team's bad and that's what is affecting their view of bryce young do you think well, well one i think we both know that if if the panthers were winning games regardless of how good or bad bryce Young's stats were it would take like zach wilson levels of awful for us to believe that he was <laughs> You know, that they were winning in spite of him. So, I mean, when, when we look at that Panthers team and we see the receiving core the way it is and everything, do you, do you think that the story is significantly different if the situations are flopped? If, if Bryce Young is in Houston and CJ is in Carolina, do you think that Carolina's 3-3 three and three and the Texans are 0-6? Do you think that both teams are closer in record? What do you think happens in that situation? That's a really good question. I mean, it's really tough to answer. From our perspective, we're going to say CJ would have impacted Carolina more than Bryce because of how much we value CJ Stroud. We've seen him. We've seen what he's been able to do with the football. We've seen him navigate drives to get fourth quarter leads. We've seen him do some, some great things to make us feel the way we do about CJ. However, I can't state enough that CJ has went out and said the the team makes him feel really comfortable. They put him in a good position. You know, he's got a great support system and he shows and, and gives a lot of praise to Bobby Slowick, to D'Amico Ryans for the environment that they've created for him. So it'd be hard for me to say that a guy with, with, with very good talent as well in Bryce Young wouldn't be able to do similar things in Houston I do wonder if Bryce was going to was going to struggle in Carolina regardless because of the difference of environment that he has to navigate and how that that team isn't as prepared to compete in their division the way the Texans are. I I think it sparks the system quarterback debate. Um one we have to acknowledge that the Panthers situation is far worse for reasons that I don't think a lot of people knew during the offseason or maybe they just didn't want to believe. We talked about the receiving core. They have a young tackle. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he, from all the reports I've seen, he's just not performing up to snuff. So the offensive line is not 
holding the way that a lot of people had hoped it would. Overall, we 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 could rehash every aspect of it, but simply put, the, the Panthers situation is simply not as good as the Texans situation. And, I mean, we could have told you that in the offseason. There's a lot of people that didn't believe that, but it's true. And so then we look at why the Texans situation is better, and there's a lot of reasons why it's better, but the one that sticks out in this discussion is the fact that Bobby Slowick's system is very quarterback-friendly. There's a lot of people that said that Bryce Young might fit better in this scheme than CJ during the offseason. Um, whether or not that's true is one question that I, I don't know if I necessarily agree that that's the case. But what I can say is, is that Bryce Young would most certainly, based off everything that's happened this season, we can't say that he'd make the same throws. Um, and I think that's what makes CJ elite. So I think that CJ is better in the Texan scheme than Bryce Young based off of his ball placement. It has bailed him out in a lot of situations. And that alone being the, the carrying stat and, and intangible that we're looking at, um, I would say CJ is better in the Texans system. If CJ goes to Carolina, a lot of those throws that he makes in Houston, um, if he can, if the scheme doesn't, you know, screw him out of the time that he needs, um, I mean, he's proven to play well under pressure anyway. So, I think that CJ um, could definitely excel in Carolina, probably not to the extent that he does in Houston, and so. I think that looking at it both ways, both quarterbacks would benefit better from being in Houston. Um, but I certainly think that in both situations, based on what we've seen, based off of the intangibles that we have, um, you know, because CJ didn't have perfect offensive line play, is just better than Carolina. So looking at that, he performed better under pressure. So when I look at that, I just I, I have trouble believing that he doesn't step through. And if he doesn't, it's it's more on scheme than it is skill. And so that's, to me, the, the separating factor is the QB friendliness of Bobby Slowick's offensive scheme. I agree. I mean, when you see what it's designed to do, it's, it's, it's short, quick reads. I think it does a little bit more at the line of scrimmage instead of like long developing routes, which really would suit a younger quarterback to not have to make him hold on to the football for long periods of time. I think you've seen that a little bit with Bryce Young. He's had to run for his life a little bit more than CJ has, given the fact that CJ's on on like, I don't know, I don't even know what number combination of line that he's had to, you know, line up behind. It seems like we're on like five, six, seven different combinations of tackles and guards and whatever. So when you think about it like that, I think that you're right in the fact that Bobby has done a really good job of creating a system or or tailoring his system to CJ, I'll say, to get the most out of what they have as opposed to going, nope, this is what I got. This is what I need you to run. We got to make this work because I've done this in the past and it's worked. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, it's scheme, 100%. I mean, so speaking of offensive line and the shifting around there, I think there was a lot of people, myself included, that believed that Juice Scruggs would be designated for return. So far this week, we've only seen um, Hassan Ridgeway. Granted, this is this is recorded on a Wednesday. You're hearing it on Friday or later, which means that there's still time for Juice Scruggs to be designated to return from IR. But um, at the moment, he is not. And so with that, I, I think I've seen it said on Twitter, and I agree with the sentiment that that we're about as close as we're going to get at this point, unless Juice Scruggs suddenly returns to the ideal offensive line. Um, Kenyon Green was always iffy on if he was always a weak point at the left guard. So that was something that could change. Um, we, we're seeing Laramie Tunsil and 
or seeing Laramie Tunsil and, and Titus Howard do well. Um, but I, I want to know, do you, do you think that that when Juice Scruggs comes back, that that like is going to put us at our very best on the offensive line? I don't know. I don't know that Juice Scruggs is just a plug-and-play dude that as a rookie – and where he's not going to have any growing pains or he's not going to struggle initially. I know he looked very good out of college. And, and I think some of the stuff that he did early in preseason kind of helped. But at the same time, I think it's going to be so fast. I think it's going to be a different level that, you know, he's been away so long. I don't think you get a juice Krugs right away. I think they're going to work him in slowly. And I think it's going to be a while before you see him kind of take hold of that position and then we can talk about maybe week 12, 13, 14. Okay, this is the line we thought we were going to get in spring or in preseason. And now they can go and do things against, you know, whoever and, and dominate on the, in, the tr- in the trenches. Okay, yeah. Um, and then, so talking about Titus Howard, we obviously see that he's shifting back to right tackle. Uh, I, I want to get your, your take on Jimmy Ward, though. So with Tavier Thomas returning at nickel, we're going to see Jimmy Ward shift back to a safety look. And so personally, I mean, I, I, when he's played safety, the defense has looked a lot better. That's just my opinion. But do, do you agree with that sentiment? Absolutely. And just to touch on the, on the Titus Howard thing, I didn't hate the move to move him over to uh, left tackle. But after listening to John Crumpler, who we talked a little while ago to, and then looking at some of the numbers – it was never going to work for him there. So he needs to be where he's comfortable. And I think it's great that to get the line, you know, back with guys playing where they want to be. As far as Jimmy Ward, anytime you can put him back there with Jalen Petrie and create that safety combo back there, I think that's a win. I love that Jimmy Ward's like a Swiss Army knife that you can move around a little bit. But if you're going to give him to me in in the in the coverage, you know, or 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 however you use him as a safety, and that's his preferred position. I'm all for it. All right. Um, I, at this point, I'd like to kind of move in towards predictions. So I, I'd like to get your take. So I feel like this one's tough. I don't want to say that the Texans are going to crush the Panthers because I don't I don't want to bring bad juju. That's like when I start C.J. Stroud in fantasy, I always feel like I'm giving the team bad luck. Um, you know, very, very superstitious, as Stevie Wonder once said. Is, is how I feel about those kind of things. But what what is your prediction shaping up to look like? I really feel like it's going to be like a two-score game. I feel like the Texans are going to be able to salt this one away in the middle of the fourth quarter. It feels to me like a 28-17 type game is what I'm thinking. I think this is the reemergence of Damian Pierce. I think Damian Pierce has a game. He gets into the box. I love that the Tank Dell's going to come back. I think he gets into the box. I think everybody kind of gets fed. Everybody has a good day, and it'll be one of those games where you're like, it went away, it went about the way it should, as opposed to they get into a, a, a shootout or win a field goal game. I, at least for me, I don't hope for that. If it happens, it'll be because Carolina, you know, put together a great game plan at home, keep pounding, and they went in there and did what they had to do. I hope that, you know, D'Amico and CJ and the boys, you know, they roll into Carolina and they are just about their business. And from the, from the opening kick, you know, establish that we're the better team in the building and we're going to play like it. No. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. 
if I'm giving my score prediction right now, um, the, the thing I'm considering is is that the the Panthers, even in their worst games, have put up points. Um, I I think they can do that to some extent. I I like I said, I'm treating this like a rivalry vibe kind of thing. So if I'm if I'm giving one right now, I think maybe 28 to 20 is where I'm at with the Texans winning. Um, I don't think it's last minute. I think that that that's just you know flow of the game keeps it pretty close throughout. But the Texans, you know, established that they're winning pretty early in the fourth quarter. I feel like I, it, it, let's get into story time. Let's just do it right now because I feel like I've got it. OK, so the Texans lead 21 to 20 and it is about seven or six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, they're driving and then we see them reach the 50 and it looks like the drive's going to stall um, that the, they're not really getting the look that they want. And the, the Panthers, for the first time all game, are stuffing the run game. And so they line up on third, third and inches. And CJ fakes the handoff, boots out to the right, and catches Tank Dell just absolutely wide open. And Tank Dell walks in for a touchdown. The Panthers get it back. There's like you know four or five minutes left. But they don't do anything. Their drive stalls pretty quickly. They're already out of timeouts anyways. So the, the Texans just run a couple plays and, and get out of there with the dub 28 to 20. That's where I'm at. I personally feel like it's going to be something a, a little bit easier on the heart. I think they're going to be up, you know, 21, 10, uh, midway through the third quarter. Carolina's going to score, going to make it, you know, 21, 17, Fourth quarter, about seven minutes left. Houston's going to score, make it 28-17. Carolina's going to come down. Uh, they're going to they're gonna try to force something. Maybe we see a Jimmy Ward interception. Uh, Christian Harris, Toa Toa. Somebody steps in front of something, and they salt it away, 28-17. Nice. I like it. I like it. Well, I, I mean, we're glad to be back after the bye week. This has been so nice to be able to, if I feel like we we had a nice little break nice little rest it week <laughs> a way to to think more about how the Texans prepare ourselves mentally for the Texans in the playoffs essentially is what it is and so I I'm excited to watch this team at 500 coming back strong laying it down and and I'm hoping that I'm wrong and that the Texans just obliterate the Panthers I think it's 100% possible but Tom do you have any final any final comments before we before we bring this into a close? I really don't. I'm really excited. I can't wait to see this team get back on the field. You know, they're starting to get healthy. They they were 500 with a, with a banged-up roster. Start bringing some of these guys back, and then we'll see what they can do. All right. Well, you know, it's the best quarterback in the 2023 draft versus the guy who was drafted first overall. Um, I can't wait to see it. I'm hoping for a good game. Uh, if, if you are watching or listening – you already know where to find us, but you know, for those of us, those of you who are discovering us that maybe want to switch to listening to the podcast audio or find us video, um, it's on YouTube at M1 Texans Fan. That's also my handle for socials. Tom's at Third Coast Tom on Twitter. Um, and if you want to catch the bullpen, you can find it on Apple Music. You can find it on Spotify. Um, additionally, we are on PSF. We we cover the Texans there, do live games and and do midweek shows on that app. And it is a great experience. If you don't know about it, you should check it out. Um, excellent 
chat room type vibe uh, with fans talking about the sports that they love. It's great. The Rockets season just kicked off. So the guys on the Rockets app are, are on the Rockets chat room. We're just live for what was a heartbreaking loss, but um, it's all right. It's early. So until next time, I've been James Roy. This has been Tom. Thanks for tuning into the bullpen and uh, H-Town till I drown.